It's 3 a.m. The band just played its last song. And all that's left is an empty bar, two friends, and the truth. This podcast is all about the late night hang. Stick around for the late set, where you can be yourself without consequence. Hey, 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 people. Here we are back again at the late set. And today we have the marvelous Kristen Divine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a vibe because we, we're here to talk about some serious business. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people, people are going to enjoy this one because a lot of people are in some type of relationship, might be a situationship, mm-hmm. might be a, you know, I, I used to have all kind of relationships. Now I'm retired. So <laughs> <laughs> not retired. <laughs> I, I feel like a, a old stud, you know. I'm just an old stud. Mm-hmm. I'm in a barn now, just telling telling all the young with like, you know, if you do this, uh... wow, wow, you better <laughs> hope they don't make you into glue. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about marriage, and I want to start. Yes. I want to start because everybody's always saying this thing about marriage, how difficult it is. I want to mm-hmm. talk about the simplicity of it. Mm. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think it's quite simple. I think it's quite simple. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if I would off the bat describe marriage as simple, but I think that if you are approaching it with sincerity, then like simple feels, simple feels like a cheat. Simple feels like it's not like big enough to describe. It's like, it's not complicated, but I wouldn't call it simple. Like you do have to f- stick to a certain kind of road and stick to a certain kind of, you know, attention to detail. But if you're doing it in a sincere way, then no, it shouldn't be complicated. But it simple feels like you just wake up and you breathe. And I don't know if it's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean is like, I don't think, like you said, I don't think it's, it's like doing a trigonometry problem. Right. It's like two people come up with a set of rules mm-hmm. and then you respect those rules. Now, the hard part to me is allowing your partner to become who they are within those rules. Now, that's that's the part that's tricky. I think that like I have a a, an instant like resistance towards the word rules. And I don't know if it's because like it I'm just defiant. I'm a Scorpio. And like you tell me not to do something. I'm like, "Uh, excuse me. (laughs) I definitely want to do it now. So I try to use the word boundary instead. Because it feels like it's more alive. Semantics. And only because, no, I don't think so. Because like if it's if it's a boundary, a rule seems kind of set in stone. A boundary may have room to change because mm-hmm. like you said, how do you allow this person space to grow inside of that? And it's like, my boundary has changed. My boundary has shifted a little bit to something else now. I used to feel this way, but you know, I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Now I feel like this. Mm. So. Okay. I, <laughs> I think, I think. We're going to have, I, I think it's the same, really. Like, and I think even rules can change. Even the That's rules, true. even the rules can change. But it's I, just, it's my insight. I like, yeah. I hear the word rule and I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> it's a, it's some, some Freudian stuff is coming up. Oh, what, did, yeah. what did your mother oh, yeah. do to you? <laughs> Shut up, Darius. <laughs> <laughs> like my therapist is always like, uh, was your mother a strict mother? And I'm like, yeah, mm. she was. Help me. Oh, <laughs> mine really wasn't though. Mine was like very much in the space of figuring out all your own things. So I think maybe it it played both ways. I still just don't like the idea. Yeah. I'm like, let me figure it out myself. Let me let me get to my rule rule by myself. Okay, okay. 
But like, if you're thinking about it, so when you meet somebody, right? Like the first mm-hmm. time and, and the only thing you're thinking about really is fucking. So you're not really even thinking like, is this person smart? Like, mm-hmm. at least from a man's perspective, you know, we don't really care. We're like, dang, look at that mm. booty, you know? Like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> and then later, three months later, you're like, oh, is she smart? You know? Really? It takes yeah, three it months? Ta- dude, it takes a long time. And it takes even longer to figure out if you're going to even abide by the rules that you pretended like you were going to follow when Ooh, you met Darian. her. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being <laughs> So you you put your representative out when you first meet people. Oh, absolutely. And then after that, it's just, it's anybody's game. Yeah, absolutely, huh. man. You put your representative out there. They think you're a nice person, which you are, but you just don't know if you're going to be a nice person to them. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. It, it don't work the same way for you? I mean, <laughs> I think it does, but I think that like I, I can compartmentalize pretty quickly. And I don't think it takes me three months to decide if you're smart. It doesn't disqualify you from having sex with me if you're not a smart person. But I think, like, you can figure it out. Like, a few couple, you know, especially in the space that we're in, I'm not, I'm rarely meeting people in, like, uh, a loud kind of, like, party club space. It's usually some kind of conversation is allowed somewhere. And both of, you know, me and little me down there really enjoy a guy who is smart. (laughs) We enjoy no. some some intelligence. It helps. It no, helps get I, the, the juices also, flowing. That WAP appreciates an intelligent oh, man. Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> listen, saying. I also appreciate an intelligent woman, but and it, and I also don't care. I didn't care. Now I'm married, so you know, I and and, and, and mm-hmm. our rules are that's you know, I'm just just me and her in this marriage. Mm-hmm. This is my second one. So I gotta get this one right. And <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, when I was single, I didn't care if the, the girl was smart in initially. But we, but we, we got off subject. So the simplicity of relationships, and specifically marriage, and you don't yeah. think it's simple. I think it's simple. Yeah, I and, think that it takes like it takes intention. So I don't know if it's simple, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm. I'm you said semantics earlier, and it like I'm finding myself kind of using other words that feel the same. But like when it's right, it's easy. I'll tell you that much. Like loving somebody when it's like when you are loving in the right way to me, it's like it's not hard. Yes. Do you know I what I'm agree. saying? Oh, I lit, trust. Listen, I was. Yeah. My last relationship lasted 10 years. Mm-hmm. And in, in that 10 years, we were married for a short period of time. And the whole time was like hard work. It was like, <laughs> yo, all right, come on. Everything we got to yeah. do everything to stay together. And, and then when I met Shadia, it was like, oh, wait, this is easy. This is crazy. Right. Like, and Loving I was like, you is easy. Yeah, Come it ain't got to be, we ain't got to do all this. And, and let me just be honest, a lot of it was me because I was, you know, I met her in college and so she, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was doing young man shit and, you know, and so a lot That's of a nice it was me. nice way to put it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> some of us would, some of us use a different word for that. But what that's what nice. is that yep. word? I think that the current vernacular is fuck boy. Oh. Right? I think that's what we say. That's what the young folks say. Okay. I don't know. I never heard that word before and I don't want to. Never in your life, for sure. I don't want to say that that's what I was doing because I'm not sure. Like Trump says, I don't really know them. All I know is that I was doing young man stuff. You know, that's all I I feel like anytime you have to start it with like Trump says, (laughs) we have gone down a dark, dark road. (laughs) Oh man. I know. He's the master of deception. He truly is. He truly is. 
to me it's simple because if we agree like you know once we get established six months now we've been dating six months and now we're all ready to be for real and i'm like all right this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna be with you and that's it now that seems to be pretty easy on the outside of things, right? It's just like, all right, so now I have to use this thing called self-control because before, as a human, I'm used to tasting all of the fruit on a tree. Mm-hmm. But now I can only taste your fruit. Mm. It, and, you know, that's hard, but it is very doable. That's what that's what I mean. And, and then all the other rules, you know, like if, I'm, if I say, hey, we're going to share money and this is how yeah. much of the money we're going to share. Or in your relationship, maybe you don't share money. You know, so like everything is a rule beyond just the sex. Like the right. sex is the easy part to figure yes, out. Yes, that I can agree to. The <laughs> sex is the easy part for sure. <laughs> as much as I'm trying to grow to be in a space where I'm like sitting in some of the uncomfortable feelings that come with life instead of trying to like move very quickly to get away from it. Because obviously there's like growth in the space of uncomfortability most times. I still don't like that shit. So if I'm uncomfortable with something for a long period of time, I'm like, all right. We out. We're not doing this no more. Yeah. So if it wasn't easy, I don't think I could I could be so committed to it. And I think that's why, like, you know, divorce rates and things like that are very high because it's right. like sometimes it's just not right. Sometimes it's not a, a, a good fit. Yeah. Sometimes it's not right. And sometimes people quit too early. Very true. Very true. You know, um, but I'll say this as a person who has been divorced. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to know, you do yourself a favor and have the courage to say, you know what, this right here, this ain't for me. Yeah. And that's hard too, especially like, I don't know, the gravity of getting married. Cause I, I try not to like look down on anybody else's relationships. People have been together for, you know, decades and not gotten married. I'm not like, well, your relationship means less than mine because mm-hmm. I got married and you haven't. But there was definitely a gravity on purpose. Like you, you throw a party, you gather your people, you do this whole thing to like create this intensity around this commitment that you're making. So if at some point you decide that it's not working anymore, I can imagine that it feels not only like a failure to you, but a failure to like this large, enormous statement that you made about, <laughs> about your partner and what you want to do. It's like, gosh, yeah. That's a good point because I, I think if you're not married, you don't realize that you don't marry one person, you marry 150 people. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know what I mean? So it's like, and then when you divorce, you have to divorce all those people. Yeah. You know, so you got to call people. Hey, oh yeah, we, you know, it ain't going to work out. Why? Uh, Well, you know, and you can't ever really tell the truth. Like I ain't never told my mama the truth. Like she can't handle it. Mm. And she probably- That's fair. Yeah, she can't, you know, you know what it is. I mean, my mom always used to tell me like not to tell her um, like all the details of what me and my husband are going through because she can't make up with him the way that I can. (laughs) Absolutely. So like while I forgive him because he gave me a little head, she's not really there yet. So (laughs) I got to keep that shit to myself. (laughs) And that's a really good point. Like you can't involve other people um, in your relationship, good or bad. You got to you got to know like this is the cutoff discretion for sure yeah it's hard too because you're like you're so you guys are in the trenches together and so you're like constantly dealing with it and sometimes you want like a different perspective 
And you got to be careful because they will take that shit too hard. I have friends who have boyfriends that they're still with. And I'm like, I don't fuck with that nigga. <laughs> like, I just don't fuck with him because of the things that he's done to her. What? But she's like, she's, you know, moved on and better. And I'm like, all right, I guess. But you uh, know, I don't really fuck with him. Dude, I've had to recently end a whole relationship, a friendship. because really? of, Yeah, because it's just like, I can't take her. I can't. You can. Yeah. But personally, I can't it's be in here sh- stressed out. You know, that's different than stressed. I was stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but back to the boundary thing, because like, is there space, relationships in, in general, not just marriage, not just like romantic mm-hmm. ones, mm-hmm. but you have this relationship with this person. Is there space to create a boundary where it's like, I cannot take this. This is too much for me dealing with what you got going on versus ending the relationship. Did you quit too soon? No, because this is the thing. I want, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was so into the drama. You know what I mean? Ah, like, okay. I liked it too. But also, I felt the pain. And mm-hmm. also, you called them fuckboys. So, yeah, this is the only fuckboy that I knew. Okay. And 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 I knew. I, I From the day I met him, I was like, nah. You know right. why? Because I used to be him. I know what this is. <laughs> I see you. I see you, nigga. <laughs> I know what that is. The whole time, it'd be like, she'd be like, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, mm-mm. Let me tell you where Damn. he was at. Like, cause I already did that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. I do, unfortunately. I've made my way back into some lives of friends that we had to like go separate ways because of their significant other. Like once they that relationship inevitably ends, they they find their way back to you and you're like, all right, welcome yeah. home. Yeah. My prodigal son. Yeah, right. Oh, hopefully, because you know you love your friends and in and, and those relationships are are sometimes almost as important as your romantic relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, know? you definitely need other outlets and places you can you can go to as refuge, which is why, you know, the quarantine has been oh God. so trying for ah, so many people. Let's talk about it. Cuz it's like, <sighs> ooh, the things the, the things that are natural, like you have these natural things that happen in your life that give you guys some space. Because people need space, not just like, not because you don't like somebody or because the relationship isn't working, just people. They need space to breathe and think by themselves. And this took all of that away. And a lot of relationships, a lot of relationships have crumbled in the face of the quarantine and pandemic. Understandably so. Like, you know, Shadi and I, we we had to talk about it. I was like, listen, we're in here. First of all, we never, ever, I'm a musician. So that means like I'm home. 40% 40% of the year. So right. that we never see each other. And right. so all of a sudden, now we see each other Oof. every day, you know? Oof. And so like, I'm used to having a certain amount of alone time from just mm-hmm. practicing and then being on the road back and forth, this and that. And all of a sudden it's like, yo, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Like, oh, what you eating? Up? You again. Yeah, you again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you might try to, like for me, I try to escape in my own house. You know, yeah. like come in the room, close the door. And then that's a problem. You know, it's like, why are you going in there for so long? It's like, uh, oh, yeah. why am I? Oh, because I'm used to hanging out by myself and I still need that. Yeah, absolutely. I have I have real. My autonomy is really, really important to me. Um, it, it gets expressed in a lot of different ways. My workspace, my romantic life, all of the things. But my autonomy is like it's. Very important. And more even so, because like, you know, John's a musician, obviously. And so he's gone a lot too. And I was a flight attendant um, up until last year. So we were both on the road all the time. So the nature of our relationship was built around kind of not being around each other that much. And so like, this is a 
crazy drastic change. It started last year when I quit and then started, you know, doing full-time production. I was home a lot more, but even still, we still had our coming and going, the ebb and flow of it all. So for me, the biggest transition wasn't even like the face-to-face space as much as I found myself, because I love my husband and I love my house and I love our life. Every decision I was making in the house, I was like, being like, oh, did you eat? Like, what are we eating? Like, what are we, like, did you, like, like every yeah. single thing, showers, like every single little thing that we were doing was like a checkpoint with each other. And I was like, am I doing anything by myself anymore? Like, I feel like I don't have any autonomy over my life. Like, it was a very real moment for me to realize how important it is for me to make time for myself, even when I don't want to, because that's the crazy part. I don't really want to be away from him. Like, I like spending time with him. But, like, if I don't make the space, eventually I will start to, Mm -hmm. like, nitpick and feel, like, you know, anxious about certain things. And now we're bickering about something that's not really that important because I just need some space. I just need to breathe in my own space. I'm a crazy person. Like, Uh, I need space to myself. We're all insane. That's that's what you're really getting at here. We all need that space. And now, in my situation... The COVID's been going on for seven months now, right? Today is October mm-hmm. 29th. So yes, seven months in and Shadia was pregnant, you know? And so that's Ooh. a whole nother level. You, you know what I mean? And she needs things. And I'm like, oh, then I was like, wait, all of a sudden I feel like I'm I'm a maid around here because she yeah. can't, she can't do it. So I got to do it, you know? Yeah. Like the balance is off. It's like now I'm doing 90% of everything. She's doing 10% because she can't. And now you start getting your feelings like, man, why you ain't doing anything like, oh, yeah, she pregnant. Okay, all right. (laughs) I will say, though, like, I mean, I can't speak for her, obviously, but a big thing for me, John, and I don't have any kids, but I've always wondered what it would be like um, being pregnant and also like the beginning stages of, you know, raising a child with you guys traveling so, so, so much that it would be me by myself at the house. And obviously my family would be almost too helpful, I'm sure. But it would still be like, I wouldn't be here with the partner that I chose to have a baby with. And so I've been thinking about people like you and who are having kids in this space. And it's like, I'm sure it's a double-edged sword because it's like, it's so great that there's a reason for you to be at home and be Mm -hmm. like in one space. But again, this is not the dynamic of any of our relationships. (laughs) Like this is just not it. This is fairy tale, but it's nice to be home. I'll be honest, because every day I wake up and I see this little baby and she's changing. Mm. And I, and I want to be here um, for a lot of, you know, I was raised by a single mom and my dad, my dad was around, but he lived in another state. So it wasn't like I saw him every day. Right. So I want to have that day-to-day interaction with my daughter. Yeah. So it's it's nice to be home, but also we're creating this, this fairy tale world where like every day I'm here to help out in, in, in a year or less, I'm going to be out again. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I hope either that or I'll become a dentist or a fucking, something. I don't know, a sweep, street a sweeper. You get out of the house for nine hours a day. That's all I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> it's important. It's important it to is. do that. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely been an adjustment. And that's a yeah. part, like, that's a part of it. Like you're saying, like, there are no rules. And that's a part of those boundaries shifting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, usually my boundary would be like, don't fuck with me while I'm practicing. But now that we're at home, you know, it's like, okay, you can say something to me. I'm not going to go crazy or whatever. Right, 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 you right. Know? I'm sure you guys have some similar things. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I think I'm trying to keep a level head about it by remembering that like 
because we are married and we chose to be married, that there was always going to be some major shift that would have to, you know, we'd have to adjust what we're doing. I guess it's the pandemic and maybe for you, it's a baby, but like there was always, there was always going to be something that would have to, like, we have to keep growing together, keep shifting together. So it's not like things were going to be the same regardless. So just relax, Kristen. Don't oh, kill your husband. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm, I'm curious, like in your relationships, like how do you uh, continuously build trust? Mm. You know, I have to take a moment and like acknowledge my privilege with this particular situation because I talk to a lot of people about like rebuilding after trust has been broken. Um, and as a polyamorous person, I feel like people constantly bring their relationship things to me because they think that somehow my relationship style is like the answer to what they're going through. So it happens a lot. And I end up talking to people like about what happens after something has broken your trust. But to be honest, my previous relationships, I've had to deal with that, but I've not really had to deal with too much of that in this space with Jonathan specifically. And with my relationships outside of him too, like I think that I'm setting a foundation from the beginning about unapologetic, like honesty, the kind that like you do not want to do. Like I, you can even have like a safe word for it where it's like, hey, so let's talk about something really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. Can we please talk about something that's going to make you upset? Are you okay to like talk about it? Are we in a good space to talk about it? So like, setting those things so that people don't really have that much of a reason to lie. Now, granted, it still happens out in outside relationships and all those kinds of things. But I don't have a lot of experience about like, like trust issues because I trust, I haven't had to be put to the test yet. because I think all of my trust issues are from before, mm-hmm. from the past. Yeah. And I'm just like carrying them right over here. I'm like, I don't Ooh. trust nobody now. And yeah. like, it won't even be nothing. I'll be like, what was that? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it was your mom? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know that feeling? And, yeah. And I find that a lot of times that I'll bring, I'm bringing some, because I was cheated on in my last relationship. So like in mm-hmm. this one, I'm like, head up you know like yeah. what's up who you know so i and, and and i find myself in that space a lot even though nothing has happened right no i get it i did the same thing i was a very i'm sure i was not very fun to date when we were dating <laughs> because i was also cheated on in like a very like out loud aggressive ass ways and i think that somewhere along the way because 
the person that I was with was not giving me any of that energy and was kind of just like super benevolent in the space of like, yeah, I mean, I'm still here. I didn't, I didn't do that though. So we're good. <laughs> like, you good? I'm good. And I had to like start calling a thing a thing and being like, okay, so inside of this is my insecurity about this. I'm insecure because X, Y, and Z. And I'm worried or afraid because that's usually what insecurity is based in, right? It's like fear. It's like, I'm afraid that you're going to do this thing and hurt me. It's like, I have to say it out loud. And now that I say it so often, I'm like, that's one of my favorite phrases now to be like, I'm insecure about this. Because then I get to say that I'm insecure about it. And then also, if there's any truth in the space, like my partner gets to be like, okay, well, no, you, I understand why you're insecure about that because I feel this way and this has happened. And there's all of these things, like not gaslighting your feelings. Cause you can do it to yourself. You can be like, you're a crazy person, but they also cheating on you. So check their phone. (laughs) 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 You have to like call things a thing. You have to like call it, call it by its name to like address it and make it real in the space or a a big pink elephant that doesn't actually exist. You know? I think one of the most beautiful things about polyamory is that you have to create that space of communication for the relationship to exist. And in a monogamous relationship, you don't. It's optional. Right. We can just, you know. Is it though? I feel like like you end up like, you can avoid it. You can avoid not talking about it. But it's still, it's still alive. And either your partner is going to not coddle, but like um, enable your insecurity and enable your, the thing that's happening or you address it together. Cause like, I don't really know if it's a polyamorous thing as much as because there are other people involved, it forces the issue of communication and of honesty. But it's like the things that I do and the things that we do inside of our relationship about communication, I feel like everybody should do. Like I'm insecure about this because like people have hurt me and like I'm a real ass person and you're doing this thing that's reminding me of maybe it's not even relationships. Like my dad used to do that to my mom. And I remember watching him do it. And like, I'm feeling like if I keep doing this, it's going to put me in a position that she was in. Like those kind of conversations. Like if you're not talking about it, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I like this monogamous life. I'm not going to lie. And just because for me, I found that there's less stress and there's mm. less people that I need to explain my actions to, mm. you know? And and to be honest, sometimes in the poly thing, I was I was skirting. I was, how <laughs> <laughs> can I put this? Lying is the word you're looking well, for. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't necessarily lying. I was uh-huh. omitting things. Ooh, so, okay. you know, like for instance, I'll give you an example. Sometimes I would not tell the whole truth and I would omit interactions. That's not really the way to do poly, but but you, I had to like fuck it up, you know, to to kind of get it right. You know what though? Like I I do want to say something about that because you said it's not the way to do poly, but honestly, there's no the same way that there's no like way to be married. There's no one way. There's no one thing that works for everybody. There's really no one way to do poly. There's no one way to like work on non-monogamy, even if it's not necessarily polyamory, like, you know, people, it's like a living, it's like, (laughs) it's like the constitution of the United States. It's a living document that needs to continuously be looked at and revised. And like, in my opinion, it needs to continuously be nurtured. Like that's not, you know, maybe there's situations where people, I know there are situations where people don't 
communicate anything about what they're doing until something is like serious. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it doesn't even, that's not even a part of it. Or people who want more autonomy in the space of what they are and are not allowed to do, who don't want to be asked questions, which I think is a little bit selfish, but you know, people do it. They do it all the time. So. <laughs> but it's, it's real life out here, y'all. And, uh, you know, keep it, keep it safe. That's really the most important part. Keep it safe. Keep it honest. And yes. respect. What, what word did you use? I use rules. You use boundaries. I use boundaries. Yeah. Respect people's boundaries, and the relationships will thrive no matter what the structure is. You know, what I, I mean? think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's what we're really talking about. I do want to switch gears and talk about mental health in the Black community more specifically because I don't think we're really trying to talk to no therapist, no matter how crazy we are. Mm, yeah. And whose fault is that? Um, whose fault is that? White people. What? Everything can't be white people's fault. I'm going to go ahead and say that it wow. is, though. Okay. Not everything, but this particular issue. Uh-huh. Um, I think that there's something that changes in your DNA. Like, not think, I know that there's survivalist instincts that change in your DNA um, about trying, you know, trying to survive and trying to not appear weak when our ancestors and in our space, like something being wrong with you could be the difference between life and death. Like being a crazy, how often do we hear about crazy slaves? (laughs) How often do we hear about slaves that went off the, you know, not very often. Oh, they killed their ass. What you do with, when people treat you like a dog or treat you like an animal, if an animal is mad, you put it out. And that's exactly what used to happen to us. So I think that it starts there. And then given, you know, given Christianity in this space that like, Black people hold it in where you keep things to yourself because, again, survival. Like, you don't, you keep things by yourself. You keep your family close to you, keep your issues close to you because if you let people know that they can use that and hurt you, it's like, it's it's all survivalist, but I do think it's different with white people, so. Mm, I never thought about it that way. But now that you've explained it, that makes some sense. You know, it, it all stems back to the oppression that we had in slavery. It's a survival. You got to survive, yeah. man. You can't be out here seeking help what you gotta you better figure that shit out i mean white people don't even look at therapy in the same guise as we do like everybody's got a therapist and there's nothing wrong with having a therapist and obviously you're seeing your therapist (laughs) like there's nothing wrong with that in the space that they exist in and there's other things that play a role in like the black church has really it's 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 done its work on on black people to see your your pastor versus your therapist but i was watching something the other day I feel like it was a reality TV or shows or something like that. And the girl who was on it was kind of talking about how she's going through something and she's going to speak to her pastor about it. And once they get to that scene, her pastor is just doing regular therapy shit. Like he's just like breaking down what she's been through and how she, and I'm like, how do we decide like, Oh, I will never see a therapist, but I'm going to go talk to my pastor so he can give you some therapy. Like, <laughs> And tell everybody in the church what the hell you was telling him. Come on. Come on now. Like, you know, I think it's, you don't want to seem weak. You got to survive. If you're weak, you're going to die. And, you know, wow. we hold on to that shit. Wow. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It's funny because the other day I was, I, I'm in, you know, I've been in therapy for years now. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my mom, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't pick up the phone because we were in couples therapy. And she was like, what's wrong? Right. <laughs> I'm like, Nothing. Right. That's just what we do. We, right. We're trying to stay together. So we go to therapy every week. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> we just trying to make it work. We just trying to make it work. We trying to learn how to communicate in a positive way. I like I was in the beginning of our relationship. I remember saying like, "Oh, I would love to go to a therapist." Like even in our dating space, and it didn't happen because crazy schedules and all kinds of things. But once we got engaged and started seeking like premarital counseling, because you know that's a whole thing yeah, by yeah, itself. Yeah. That apparently is not therapy, by the way. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> premarital counseling, not therapy. But in the space, I was still kind of like, I would love, like you don't take your car only when it's like broken down to the shop. Like there's anything going on, like you bring it for a regular checkup. And I would love to exist in that space. It's easier said than done. I'm not going to lie because time and scheduling and all of those things. But I mean, quarantine has made that a little easier for everybody, I think, Mm -hmm. to seek some mental health. The therapists that I know are saying that people are reaching out in crazy numbers since this happened, which I guess could be a good thing. Something we have to look forward to from from (laughs) this shit show of a 2020. I know. I just want Black people to to not feel embarrassed or ashamed about having to talk to someone about what's happening in your head and about the decisions that you're making. And and also don't be ashamed if that person isn't black because, you know, there are only so many black therapists and maybe you can't find the one for you. There are some resources though, I will say. There oh, are yeah. some resources for black therapy. Um, I think it's called Black Girl Therapy. There's like Taraji P. Henson has a new a new resource for Black men trying to seek Black therapists. I just, I, I do agree that like you get help wherever you need to get it. And if the first person you speak to isn't a Black person, then, you know, don't be completely turned off by that. But I do think that there's a sense of understanding and a sense of maybe even comfortability that you will be more vulnerable and more open when you're speaking to a Black person about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But ask your white therapist for a black therapist and they got to tell you where to get one. <laughs> you, you just mentioned something because our, our therapist is white and we had this uh, mm-hmm. interesting exchange with her during the protest and the George Floyd and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, her brain turns on and she realizes that black people are getting murdered by the police. And, and mm. she, she says, guys, you know, um, you can feel comfortable talking to me about anything. And me and Shania just look at each other <laughs> and just like... <laughs> It's like yeah, okay, it's some shit. We just you ain't gonna get it. You you just ain't right. gonna understand. And I but I appreciate you trying. Mm-hmm. And, and and so let's just leave it there, you know. And yeah. I think white therapists, if you listening to that, this y'all, sometimes you gotta know that it's just some shit you're not gonna be able to deal with, right? Um, because you, you just don't. And it's not even. I'm not like it's not a a bad thing necessarily. Like that's not your experience. You literally don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like you have no idea. What I am referring to when I say that it feels like this being on the street, when I'm looking in my rearview mirror driving constantly. Yeah. Like I drive, when John has late night sets, I drive home because we're much more likely to get pulled over with him driving than we are with me. Right. Like we have been through crazy, crazy, crazy things that you would never even like. You don't get it, sis, and it's okay. And I even call you sis, white lady. Listen. But you still don't get it, girl. And right. it's just, it's not, it's not for you. You don't get it. Even if you're Jewish, guess what? You don't. You don't get it. Get you it. especially don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me shut up. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I, I want to switch gears and this, we're going to, we're coming to, coming to the end here. 
but I, I do want to talk about spirituality outside of religion since we did bring mm-hmm. it up a little bit about the black church and uh but what 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 role does that play in your life and in your relationship oh well um it's it's pretty complicated over here I'm not gonna lie it's not it's not even that it's complicated it feels complicated to people when they hear all of it but I think living inside of my world and living inside of my community, it's like, yeah, of course. Like, Kristen is a worship leader at a very old traditional Baptist church. And she also is, like, very much into, like, African spirituality and African witchcraft and, like, all that stuff. <laughs> like, that's all a part of what she's doing. Okay. Now, I saw your eyes and I will explain. I think that one of the biggest disservices that we do as Black people is like trying to create lines and boundaries and boxes for God to exist in, Mm. you know? It's like, I remember being in high school and they were talking about the Big Bang Theory and I went to an Episcopalian collegiate school. So it was like a private school, but it was also a very Christian school. And they were explaining it and they were like, yeah, like, well, the Big Bang was this, they say that it's this fantastical thing that happened, but like that wasn't God. And I was like, I'm confused because I thought, Y'all spent this whole time telling me of the wonders and the amazing things that God can do, splitting seas in half and turning whole bodies of water into blood and do But like all of a sudden he couldn't create like this. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't understand. How do you get to decide what God is and isn't responsible for? And I was talking to my friend Dana about it recently. And he was saying that like, it's very arrogant for us as Christians and us as people to just decide that like God would only try to reach people in one way. Come on now. You know what I mean? It's like, it has to be Christianity. And if you weren't in that space, then like he's, you're lost to the world. He wants everybody. He wants all of them. He wants all the souls and all the things. And so it's all the same to me in this very like big way. So I'm not like, when I say African witchcraft, it's scary to like my mother, (laughs) my, (laughs) my Arkansan kind of roots, people get freaked out, but it's like, this is this is the the language of our our people, the space that they existed in, the way that they connected to God is the exact same way that you connect to God, and we're all just doing it at the same time. So, no. this this is a good point, man. Because the other day we're driving down the street, Nisha dear her mom, and they see a lady with a short short skirt on going into the church, and they're like uh uh-uh. uh, and I was like, y'all need to decide <laughs> if God omnipotent or not, because if he see her out here, he saw her in there. So it's come on now, <laughs> like, come on, like you, you can't know. be both. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up in church and going to church every day. And people were like, don't be cursing in church. I was like, I was just cursing at my house. So I, I think I'm cool, you know, like, you know, I, I, and plus I could never get with the idea of limiting God. Like God only likes us. Okay. Like we the chosen people. No, no, no. I don't believe, nah. I, I don't believe that shit. What kind of God? What, what kind, kind of God? Yeah, what, kind of God? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And he created the whole universe and only put us here on this planet. Come on, y'all. Like, let's. And, uh, and, but only a very subset. Like, right. you only really go rock with you if you got this kind of thing going on. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like anything. Yeah. It's too small for God. It's yeah. like, it's very, it's very, very small. Yeah. I, I don't really, I'm not Christian. I'm not anything. I have my own religion and that makes people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I got my own religion with my own beliefs, and and it's uh it's it's not limiting and it's it's yeah. vast. So I think I feel I feel almost the same. The only thing that I um kind of revert to is that like in the black experience when it comes to church and me being a black American who doesn't really have I'm not going to give my money to 
whatever any of these 23 and me people. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. What? I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I do remember when it first came out, there was some controversy about the way that they were like obtaining information and like the ethical kind of space around it. So I haven't fully subscribed. However, I'm a black American. I can't really tell you how far my people go back except for to say that it's North Carolina, right? So when we start getting into spaces in the black church and we talk about music and vibration and the way that it makes you feel, the same thing that happens when you're in a club or in any space and people are making this conscious group community effort to do one thing together and you feel it it's like palpable you can like it's like it's a real space that exists inside of the church and more so than that my direct ancestors used this space to get over when it came to slavery and oppression and all these things so i feel a connection to them in inside of these churches so i can't fully turn my back to it even though there's tons of space where it's like you know, foolishness. <laughs> oh, come on. There's a lot of foolishness in there. Yeah. But it's like, at its core, all of us are together and we want better. And we can yeah. feel it when we're all like, yes, Lord. Oh, absolutely. Yes, Lord. Like, I went to church. I, I feel like I grew up in church. I went to church every day for everything. Yeah. So, and, and I even still, well, before COVID, I still play at a church. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because uh, it's it's a gay church. They accept everybody, Ooh. but the majority of the people there are gay, trans. There's all kinds of people there. That's and, really beautiful. And yeah, well, and, and when I got asked to play there, the guy calls me and he's like, hey, can you just, yeah, I can do it. I got to let you know that it's a gay church. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. They pay money, right? I'll be there. And and But it's the most spiritual place I've been in in my whole life. You know what I mean? Right. And, and those people are completely rejected by the traditional idea of Christianity. Absolutely. And, and so how does how do those two things even exist, you know? It's so. crazy because there's also, you know, historically and right now, although, you know, the black church, unfortunately, in my opinion, is kind of dying because mm. of some of those closed off, like we want, you know, we're keeping these, these lines between us and them spaces that it's like, it's killing them. But historically, the LGBT community inside of Black church is literally so present. It doesn't even make any sense what? that they would try to create some God. distance. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are our, our choir directors. Those are our, like, what do you, like? Yeah. You ain't never met a space. straight choir director, ever. You ain't never, it ain't one. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Half the pastor's gay, too. I'm sure there are some. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on now, you can't tell me T.D. Jakes ain't gay. But it's just like every, wow. <laughs> I ain't say it, I ain't say it, I ain't say it. But some of those, some of those come suits after me are for a little extra. Come on now, <laughs> listen. But you know, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate because you miss out on so many, like the connectivity of it. And I don't think that, like I don't think God misses out because God will reach you wherever you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. However, the community part of it, the fellowship part of it that makes church even church. You're keeping people away. And thankfully my church, it's a hundred year old church. And so they've been, you know, fighting the good fight, trying to be better, but it's hard because people are stuck in their ways. And they think that the same way with like, you know, niggas who think that if they align themselves with Trump, that they'll somehow be saved from, (laughs) from 
the trash that's happening in the world. I think that black folks sometimes think that if they align themselves with things that don't even really turn all the way over, like in their brain, when they think about it for real, it doesn't actually make any sense. When they think about oppression and the way that you're trying to oppress these people, like you fight for the same thing to not happen to your people and you're doing it to them. But it's, you know, if they line themselves up, it gives them some fake sense of security, this security blanket that does not exist. And it's, you know, yeah, we all live I, in our fake prisons, I guess. Yeah, I'm with you. I could never understand why people were so invested in hating people because of what they did in their bedrooms. It has nothing to do with you. Mm. I don't give mm. a shit what you do. Please don't care what I do because I'm doing some outlandish <laughs> shit. In you, fact, I insist that you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I read something that said, like, if you're so against gay marriage, like, when a, a gay man proposes to you, say no. Come like, on, now. And that's all that there is to it. That's all you can do. If Just you, say no. You you that's cannot. It. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Just I know. Like, you, I you know. Can't, can't nobody turn you gay. You can't turn nobody straight. Because you, you, whatever you are on the spectrum, that's what you are. Because I promise you probably ain't all the way straight. Yep, you. You you hear me? Exactly. I'm talking to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why you're so upset about it. Right. But you yeah. got squeaky wheels. Come on. You know. Look, I, before we go, though, I want to I want to give you a chance to um to hype up some of your stuff. You got a you yes. guys got a show coming up tomorrow night, October 30th at Cafe. Urzuli. Urzuli, yeah. It's this really dope space in Bushwick. Um, it's outside, so you can socially distance. It's um, the first real show since all of the world ended, so I'm looking forward to it. We wow. got some good music coming through. What kind of music is it? Um, this show is, well, Cafe Urzuli is kind of a Haitian place, so this is going to be one of John's projects, um, a Haitian project he's got going on. I think he's got Melanie Charles on it wow. and Axel and some really great, really great musicians. It's going to wow. be fun. And you're producing this or you also singing yes. on it? Oh, great, Producer. great, great. Wow. So yeah, y'all go check it out and maybe you can Google Cafe Urzuli tomorrow mm-hmm. night, October 30th at 7 p.m. This is, uh, 2020, the worst year of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> but tomorrow night gonna be popping so but tomorrow night's gonna be lit yeah it's gonna be popping um what how can people link with you man you got some links yeah um i am on all the places where you stalk your exes you know um kristen divine <laughs> look me up <laughs> the podcast is also there my podcast um bitch no filter it's uh be no filter podcast on all of the things all of the places check us out yeah y'all gotta check that podcast out because they they they're really outlandish and um <laughs> just prepare yourself like i was in my room like yo what is happening right now like <laughs> it's, it's a good time yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a party every one of them's a party and, and uh you guys you guys kill it your whole cast you. you know so kristen thanks for coming on the late set And uh, yeah, we'll catch y'all later.